my name Gabriel means messenger of God so, or angel, and so I'm an angel driving a French van with a little lamb in the back. <laughs> Blue Blocks Podcast. I'm your host, Sheila. Sierra. And Jonathan. And today we have a special guest with us, Gabe from Burley Beverages. That's right. My name's Gabriel Aiello from Burley Beverages. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome in. We Thanks have a guest. So our podcast is where we geek out about everything, especially Uptown Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And if you guys are new to the show, which most of you are, please check us out on all, all of our Instagrams, our socials at Blue Blocks Podcast. Also, check us out at um, Sector 7 Salon, Del Paso Partnership. Gabe, what's your handle? I got a bunch. Sam. My personal one is at space underscore mannequin. Okay. Um, and then for Burley, there is Burley Beverages, and that's for the brand that's out abroad in the world. And then there's Burley's Takeout, Burley's oh. underscore takeout, which is our new um, restaurant takeout concept. Yep, yep. Mm. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, in this podcast, we are all about Uptown. We're all about the boulevard. So we, you're our first guest. And our kind of focus here is to interview um, basically business owners on the boulevard that have been doing it and have been here. And we basically just want to know all about it. So we're, we are going to ask you some Fun get to know ya questions. Okay. okay. We actually answered these the other day. Yeah, last week this was our like rapid fire question, yeah. get to know the host. They're good deal. questions. I looked at them earlier and I um I was struggling. Were you? That's good. Well, because I wanted to answer them well. You right. Know? Like yeah. it's like my initial answers were like, No, no, that's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> not for the blue blocks podcast. No, I mean oh, no, no, no. Only the best. Y'all, I know you can't see it at home, but I've got a fresh quaff on top of my head that's true so gabe <laughs> came in early which i think we should make this a tradition for all of our guests i would love that they come in an hour early sierra gives them the fresh cut right yeah so I'm how was your experience it. oh it was lovely my favorite part was the shampoo yeah mm-hmm. that's always the good part people always say that when they lay back they're like this is my favorite yeah. part give them a shampoo that makes them want a cigarette afterwards that's my <laughs> My other favorite part was when we were talking about Sheila and I think Sierra thought I was maybe going to say something that I shouldn't in front of you. And she was like, you mean that she's awesome? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I wasn't going to say anything bad, but like, yes, yes, she's awesome. No, That's I'm just my girl ag- right there. I'm just aggressively complimentary. No, like. you're no, it's, <laughs> not it was, a bad it was, thing. No, it was awesome because I was like, man, that was like a true, like good looking move, like for on both sides. Right. Know? So anyway. Right. Just saying. That's what I'm got talking you. about. Nice work. <laughs> She's got us. Yep. Okay, so our first question, Sierra, you got that pulled out? I do indeed. Ask it. Do what it. What is the farthest you've traveled? Um, I, I, my geography, this is one that I struggle with because I just don't know which one's further away. There's three contenders. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tuscany slash Sicily. Okay. That was one trip. Um, Japan, Tokyo, mm-hmm. and um, Ecuador. And I just, I think that probably Japan is the furthest Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or Italy. 
I don't know. I don't. I actually am the worst at geography. Yeah, because I mean, I think when you fly from California to Japan, it's like you go around because you have a map behind you, so it's oh. very handy. So you go around the opposite way, like from California straight to Japan. So maybe flight mileage it might not be as much as it's flying from California flight. to Sicily. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. I think it was Japan. Japan feels like uh, culturally feels the farthest away. Yeah, mm-hmm. that um, actually makes sense. Because I'm Sicilian. So like mm-hmm. Italy felt kind of familiar. Um, Ecuador, a lot of people spoke English. And actually in Japan, a lot of people spoke English too. It's pretty easy to get around. Um, but Japan wasn't really on my list of places to go. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like in my top three places that I want to go before I go anywhere else. Oh, really? It's amazing. Go there. Ooh. I- that's actually good information because I've never, I've always been like, oh, Japan just seems, I don't know, it seems like big and busy and it is. really like different. It's very different. And that scares me. It's scary. You know, and I feel like a lot of Europe, it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's like, whatever, I could like get around possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's good information because I think it that's almost like why I should do it. It's because I'm like scared to do it. I should probably disclaim I was there uh, pre 9-11. I was there in 2000. Oh. So I don't know what it's like to travel there now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a long time to not have been there. But yeah. um, also, I had my dad and my sister there with me. And, oh. and y'all maybe have seen my dad before. He's oh, yeah. Like I've seen him. He's much taller than me. Outside of the store. This much wider than me. He's and super so tall. We'd walk through the subway station and my <laughs> sister and I would just walk in his wake. Like, right. Because he's head and shoulders above everybody. Right. And they're just and nobody makes eye contact because it's a cultural thing, oh. and so they just move out of his way naturally. And then like so we river. just kind of could uh-huh. stand in this triangle behind. That's him. so cool! <laughs> oh my gosh! And you are also like decently tall I'm and a like big guy. So like having a dad that's like huge compared to you, that's wild. I know. Well, I don't. So my dad would always answer people would say how did you grow such big kids and he would always say you don't break the spaghetti you know but <laughs> but like i mean i didn't get as big as him so yeah right that, that can't be all it was for him so was, so your dad so, he helps out at the store a lot he uh, more than helps out he's our cfo he's, oh, my, okay. he's my business partner oh cool um, wow. i started Burley in 2015 and I am not good at those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. He's a, a corporate Joe from Hewlett Packard. He oh, worked cool. there for 30 some odd years. And when, uh, he retired like it was a couple years but between when he retired and when I started Burley and I, I we hadn't been hanging out as much um, and I wanted that relationship and also I knew that he could handle like low-key business structure organization and numbers right. for me mm-hmm. and um, like that was the plan, and now he is like majority owner. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, builds all of the things that we need. Um, like he makes tangible all of my ideas. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, he. That's uh, so amazing. dope. It's I love cool. it. It's pretty cool. I love that. Yeah, it's super wholesome. Okay, our next question is: What's your favorite breakfast cereal? another hard one for me because i love breakfast cereal yeah it was a pretty controversial topic <laughs> it like, was, it we was. Got, and we, you're not gonna like my answers we got oh, in a fight no. we got in a fight last time i do it i do it um i like cracklin oat bran what <laughs> that was part of the fight pork and fiber chunks <laughs> yes pork and fiber chunks <laughs> But you have to let them sit. You can't like, you can't like just pour the milk over it and go. That is not Sheila's language. That was the nature of our fight. She Mm. pours milk and then lets the cereal sit on top of it because she can't stand to let it soak in. Mm. She's a monster. I go, I sit down with a jug of milk, a box of cereal, a bowl and a spoon. And I go, little milk, little cereal, little milk, little cereal. Hey, I mean, you know what? You get to do that. 
That's true. That is your right. It is you my right. You can enjoy your food however you want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like why I went with syrups instead of sodas is so that people could decide. And, I love and it. And then I don't decide for them. And that's what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what the cereal and milk industries have provided for you is this choice of doing it however you want. As weird as it is, it. Sheila. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, completely took the air out of my sails. <laughs> I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> I digress. My other favorite, I think, has to be, um, and I'm not thinking of the name of it right now but it's uh, another flaky cereal that has raisins that are no, coated with nuts you're lying with coated what with nuts? Coated coated wait with nuts. grape nuts no not grape nuts i do like grape i like nuts grape a lot. nuts though. they're in my really top good. three yeah grape nuts are but good they are um they're like raisins that have been like rolled in nuts and they're what called cereals? Gra- no, what is it called it's called is it like an offshoot of no. raisin brand it is a it's like raisin brand and it tastes a lot like raisin brand but um, i would say raisin brand it's like with raisin the raisin raisin nut brand Raisin Nut Brand? Raisin Nut Brand. That's what it's called. That sounds huh. so terrible, Gabe. It's so good. I'm going to have to give that a try. But I wasn't I allowed sugar brand. cereals as a kid. Obviously. We, a, sugar, <laughs> Obviously. a sugar cereal was like uh, camping, maybe. Oh, like, right. My it's mom like a special was, treat. She like minored in nutrition and we were very oh. picky eaters. Uh-huh. And cereal was one thing that we would eat. Mm-hmm. And like regardless, so it was like kicks. Yes. Kicks? Raisin nut brand. Raisin nut brand. Actually, now that I've nuts. seen that, you show me that. I, raisins. Yeah, yes. I've seen that. Oh, they're good. Because the, the raisins are kind of like they're almost like the yogurt covered raisins, but Ooh. it's like a nut stuff. No, on the outside, it's good. No raisins. Yes, ever. <gasps> and ever. <laughs> Are we going to fight now? No. <laughs> I will fight over raisins 100%. Oh, my God. Raisins are the worst thing ever invented. So no well, dehydrated fruit for you? No, Not I can really. do dehydrated <laughs> fruit, but just never a raisin. Don't drink our cream soda. Ooh. There's <gasps> raisins in it? Or our ginger ale. Wait, oh did I have God. the ginger? I had the ginger beer. Yeah. Is there raisins in the ginger beer? No, you're, you're, you're still here and alive. So <laughs> so clearly there weren't <laughs> raisins in it. <laughs> I think we're safe. But can you taste the raisins in those things? In the cream soda, I think that once you know that it's raisins, okay. that you can taste it. It's yeah. a kind of like a raisin oatmeal cookie. I love that. Um, you know, it's so much not the flavor of a raisin, though. It's no. the texture, texture of a raisin. It's oh, mm. interesting, and the look of them. Because really, what what a raisin is is <laughs> is grape molasses that's wrapped up in a little wrinkly pack. Yeah, it's like yeah. the flavor. Honestly, is not terrible. It's like they're so gross looking. They look like a little bug. You know. <laughs> Did your siblings trick you into believing they were a bug? Is there like childhood no. trauma? I mean, they're probably. <laughs> there's a so lot of childhood trauma. My nutritionalist <laughs> mother would bring us ants on a log as a snack. Do you know that one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Logan yeah. requests that all the time. Oh, it's my favorite. So yeah. good. But here, but he's always like more raisins. <laughs> All the raisins. Yeah. Yeah. The, the I'm like, do you even want anything else? Yeah. Infestation yeah. log. Exactly. That's what he wants. <laughs> Crawling with ants. <laughs> God. All right. So our third question is favorite superhero. Oh, I forgot about that one. Um, well, actually, no, I think I have an answer. Um, I have never been into comics, but I've fallen completely in love with the Marvel comic universe and the like updated dc universe mm, yeah. I, I really liked uh doom patrol oh yeah um i love danny the street as a character mm-hmm. um, i think that's one of the coolest things that's ever happened mm-hmm. um but i think that i have to the only comic book that i ever got into as a kid was the max which um mtv also did an animated series of on liquid television and he's a homeless guy <clears throat> and his he like shifts in between these two realities of like living on the streets with his social worker and then being in what he calls the outback, okay. which is this alternate reality. And there's a, a super villain um, and all of these little 
like munchy critter guys that try to get him. And then his social worker is like the heroine in this world. And she's like this kind of like Amazonian figure. And I always, I just, I loved the, um, I think that the artist was from Sacramento, but I'm not sure. I can't, I can't fact check that. But, um, (laughs) but I think I remember that there was some kind of Sacramento connection with it. That was the reason why I was really into it. Because it was like the local thing. Um, But he's this big burly purple man with uh, like yellow, accents and giant teeth that shoot out of his mask like the punisher kind of <gasps> oh okay um, wow that's cool yeah. um and he has huge uh like hooks kind of like spikes that come out of his hands like comes out of his skin uh no it's just part of him oh okay like it it's not like wolverine like it retracts oh, like okay. it's just out there, always like kind of a unicorn hmm. horn coming out of each hand. oh okay that's cool what what uh what's his name again the max M-A-X-X. the max okay cool uh, um, okay, so the next question is, what is your hometown? Roseville. Well, really? Roseville is what I consider my hometown. It's where I grew up. I was born in Santa Rosa. Okay. Um, lived there till I was four, and then we moved to Roseville because, again, my dad was a Hewlett Packard guy, so mm-hmm. he started in the um, shipping and receiving department in Santa Rosa and then worked up the chain, um, and when the Roseville facilities got built, he, he transferred over there. And so that's that I was there until I was old enough to move here. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I, were you always planning on staying in Sacramento area or did you think about leaving? I don't think I had a plan for that. I've never really considered leaving until very recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more from like a comfort standpoint. All my people are here. Yeah. All my network is here. All my supports are here. <clears throat> but I do love to travel and um, I have now come to terms with the fact that this is one of the most expensive places to live mm-hmm. <laughs> and that we could do a lot with our money in other places but right. um i'm not planning on leaving anytime soon okay good okay what's our next question our next question Cece? is a guilty pleasure mm. breath of the wild links awakening yes! for hours and hours I've, i beat it like a year and a half ago and i still play it every day okay so here's a question did you go after Ganon immediately or did you work through all the shrines first? I waited. I waited for a long time, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that I could go and get them mm-hmm. and I didn't. I, I yeah. waited for probably two months mm-hmm. um, knowing that like I had all of the tools I needed. Right. Yeah. That I'd read enough about like what to do when I got there. And and the the fight with Ganon was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> That's sorry, sorry about us. my language. <laughs> it was bull snap. Um, well, t- because, <laughs> because it was just like any of the other bosses. Like I the the fight the second fight with like the giant bull figure was cool, but like mm-hmm. the first fight with them it's just like this this is what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. This is the end of the game. Yeah. All I, right. I really think the thing about that game for me, I mean, besides the poopy fights um was <laughs> it's just it's a game that you admire for the beauty of it and like for the characters right. and i i can appreciate it for that it's but I, I totally agree with like i was like i got to get and i was like this is final boss really it's but, amazing uh, it's amazing that they left it like that mm. um, is it a video I, game on like a computer or a console switch, uh, switch. oh switch okay yeah which is the best console I would. Made. Yeah. I I don't have one yet, but it's like get it, get I one. want it so bad. You get have have every you other playing, Nintendo playing, playing on your TV, and then it's time to go, and you just pull it out of the cradle and take it with you, and then you know if you have a car ride and somebody else is driving, and keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Legitimately, like if you want to go in on one together for the salon, like really? I will. Yeah, I will. I have a I have the Ooh. yellow one, the handheld one, uh-huh. but like I want a big one. Let's do it. Then we can like we have like Smash Brothers like games. Oh, trust. And, like, 
That we can would be do. awesome. As soon as we get this place up and running after COVID is done, okay, like you Smash know what? tournaments are the name of the we game. We can I go to each other's Animal Crossings Island. Yes. You know what I think we could do is start a real like boulevard uptown, like, you know, little gaming community gaming on the Switch. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. So we're like, okay, guys, get on Uptown. Let's like do Thursday it. trivia, Kong's Friday smash parties right. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uptown switch up. Uptown switch up. Done. Let's write it down. Let's write it down. Uptown. Now I have to go buy one. Okay, so Gabe, we do have another question. Oh. Okay. Now this is when because we know it's going to happen. Yeah. When the zombie apocalypse. Oh yeah, It's already happening. I think. What would be your weapon of choice, but you can't pick a gun? I know, yeah. No dad fanny I, packs. I'm glad that you said that because I wouldn't. Okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm scared of guns. Uh, Me too. I, there was one time that my dad was like, for some reason, taking care of my uh, uncle's Glock, and I found it in the garage <gasps> in his case, and I opened it up, and I got like the hair on the back of my neck stood yes. up. I got pins and needles and I knew like, this is not something that's for me and probably will never be for me. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have picked a gun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really know what the weapon would be. I think that I kind of would have to experiment a bit because I've never like, tried Oh, you've to, never killed a zombie. I've never tried to injure a, something that used to be a person and looks <laughs> like a person. I have a, I'm a pacifist and I have a hard time hurting people. So mm-hmm. I think it would be a very, like my first one would be a major struggle. Um, and it would be really messy and gross and traumatic. <laughs> You'd be like crying, yes. probably. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. I, I mean, would I'd be crying be... anyway. It's a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> for God's sakes. Toxic masculinity does not exist over. in the zombie <laughs> yeah. apocalypse. No, it, thank God. They are the, all the, that's, that's what's going to happen is all the toxic uh, masculine people are going to become zombies. Yes. Um, are you listening? Uh, and <laughs> I, they're not listening to this. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I... I think that it would probably be something long uh, to keep me at a distance. I like that. I like that. Um, and something sharp. Mm-hmm. Probably probably something stabby pokey and not yeah. slicey. Because yeah. like Michonne is badass, right? Yeah, but, but like, none of us are not, doing that. And it's not realistic. Yeah. Like in, if you get like they're close around you, you're, you're screwed. And I guess that also is something I should think about with my long pokey thing. Mm-hmm. My favorite, one of my favorite thing to do, th- favorite things to do when I think about zombies is I go down to Harbor Freight, which is just a hop, skip and a jump Love away it. from here mm-hmm. over on Northgate. Mm-hmm. They have an aisle and they don't advertise it this way, but it is the zombie preparedness <laughs> aisle. I'm not joking. Like uh-huh. it, they actually set it up this way because oh, if you wow. go to Harbor Freight, like it's so disorganized, there's like this next to that. And you're yeah. like, what is what? Right. Yeah. Um, but this one aisle and it's like, where all like the home goods are it's like opposite that it's like on the same aisle the home goods are on this side the zombie stuff is here and it's like (laughs) machetes really hunting knives (laughs) um they have the little spike that you screw into the ground to keep your dog like anchored okay Uh right and that's my favorite one because i think that i wouldn't want to kill the zombies Mm -hmm. i think that i would like tether them to something and observe (laughs) Uh okay right i think that i'd be like i think that i would be uh, yeah because i mean it's so new it just just started (laughs) i haven't even killed anybody yet i need to like figure out what to do Right. right. So you need um, to see if you can switch I, them back. Somehow. This is a really long convoluted answer for a question that should have been this thing. But no, but I that, don't know what it is. We love that. But that's why it's a great question because some people are just like, okay, a sword. I want to cut their heads off. But some people are, yeah, you know, straight up. Like, what about a baseball bat, like Negan? Are we also? No, you have to get too close. I, I mean, it, it looks badass. Or a hockey stick like, with barbed wire. I think that those are like better yeah, for but, killing people. Well, scary and people. I'll tell you True, that that. Wrong. That bat is getting stuck in the zombie's head. Like, yeah. yeah. It's not totally. a clean 
Yeah, it's getting it's stuck gonna be in nasty. This, yeah. But I think by the time we like come to Negan in the Walking Dead story, also like, <laughs> the humans are the enemies and not the zombies. Right? The zombies, yeah. that, zombies are now a tool, and that, that's why that I don't like it use. anymore. It's like not even a zombie show. No, yeah, no, the zombies are like prop. Yeah, they're like background noise. It's a zombie soap opera. You're totally right. Totally. It no, really but it's is. no zombies though. It's it's a just person soap opera. Yeah, zombies okay. show up to like <laughs> move to a new place. Yeah, I feel like zombies are just there to make like the. Maybe we should like noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. start a cable access show called like Zombie Soap. And it's like <laughs> we literally like get the scripts from Days of Our Lives and dress as zombies and read them. I love <laughs> it. Oh my God. Let's do it. We have so many fun, things actually. to trademark today. Oh, I know. Do you man. have time for that, Gabe? Because I'd love to get that going. So my wife thinks that I need to rent. Uh, room that's about the size of your uh, hair washing room uh-huh. and put a chair in it and sit in there and then just tell people like if you need an idea come in and I'll give you 10 one of them's bound to work but I, I live this is what I do all day and she can't stand it because she'll say something let's be like three ideas about that <laughs> okay so you're um, the idea man yeah idea factory is what I she like calls it. me and Gabapedia Game All right. I can't shut up. About Let's, stuff. Mm-hmm. if you don't mind, I'd like to test your skill. Okay. We're thinking fun themed bakery. Yes. Give well, me some ideas. Meg already has it handled. Meg's bags. Oh my god. She's gonna make bagels. That's awesome. Bagels. So Meg's bags. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, you could you could go further. I mean. I think I'd have to think about it for a sec. Okay. okay. Let me, let's, let's. We'll circle back. Let we'll me crunch it. on it. <laughs> I have so many ideas that are going on about our grand opening that there's not a lot. of Right. Oh, so yeah. let's get into your business. So Burley, Burley Beverages, let's tell us what you do. What is it? How it started? Give us all the deets of like what actually your company yeah. does. For the folks at home, I was nodding. As she said, Burley Beverages, like you can see that. But, um, <laughs> it's funny because we employ a, a, a non-sided person and I do that to him all the time when he's talking to me. I just nod. Like, nod. And, I, and I tell him I'm nodding. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I know that that doesn't help you. Um, so, uh, yeah. So Burley Beverages, I, it, it's, yeah. Okay. So I started um, working at Sun and Soil in Midtown, okay. which is a cold press juicery. Right. Um, they make... Fresh juices with living enzymes and phytonutrients, and I got really good at selling it. And I, ma- I was the one that operated the juice press and ran the front of house for them. And I was like, you know, so good at selling people on it. Like I knew all of the deets. I could tell, I could tell you about every flavor. I could tell you about everything that that flavor was going to do for you. But then I was smoking cigarettes on my way into work. I was eating fast food. Mm-hmm. I was um, drinking. You know, at that time I was drinking probably five to six. 20 ounce Pepsis or RC Colas a day. Oh, wow. Um, and it's because before I worked at Sun and Soil, I worked with kids and adults with developmental disabilities. And I thought that I needed the caffeine mm-hmm. to keep going and be alert and keep people safe. Uh, but when I quit them all, um, because I felt like I was being a total hypocrite selling this like, you know, fresh juice, this really healthy stuff and me not living up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just kind of like, you know, I, I quit it all. And I noticed that out of the three that the sodas were the hardest for me to give up. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's because of the corn syrup and not because of the caffeine. Cause I had coffee still, I, I right. could keep going on the caffeine. Um, and they were also the most habitual. Like I would, every time I stopped or passed a convenience store or gas station, I would pick up some soda, you right. know, and yeah. I was starting to have some health issues. Um, and I couldn't really tell if it was from cigarettes or fast food or sodas. Right. And they were all things that I could like justify in my personal life, like getting rid of and, and cleaning up. And so 
Um, after about a month of not drinking soda, my wife was, we were sitting on the couch and I was just like lamenting about not having ginger beer for my whiskey. And <laughs> I had done, I had the, over the course of that month, I did a like ton of research on ginger beers and I was like, okay, who's got good ingredients and who's got enough ginger. And it mm-hmm. turns out that they don't quite mesh. Like okay. the really great companies like Bundaberg, Q, Fever Tree, I find that they are ginger ales and not ginger beers. They're like ginger ales that are advertised as ginger beers. Okay. They're not gingery enough. They're too filtered. But then the ones that like had, you know, and they're the ones that have the good ingredients that I right. could like get behind. Then the ones that were super gingery, like Cock and Bowl and um, AJ Stevens and, and Reeds and things like that were just like phosphoric acid, food dye, um, all kinds of preservatives mm-hmm. and corn syrups. And I was just like, man, I really wish I could have ginger beer with my whiskey. And she's like, you should just make it. Cause that's like her mantra for everything. If she mm-hmm. can't find something or can't <laughs> afford something, yeah. um, or, you know, can't find somebody to make it for her, she will just make it. She'll figure it out. She'll do the research. She'll figure it out. Um, and so she's like, just make the thing. And I was like, make soda? Like, <laughs> can you even, like, is, like, do you mean kombucha? Like, I know you can make that at home, but, like, how do you make soda? So I kind of, like, went the kombucha and brewery route at first. And I was um, in Oak Park. There used to be a really cool resource called uh, BFD, Brew Ferment Distill. Oh, cool. And they were, like, mm. a local homebrew store. And uh, I would go there and get champagne yeast or brewer's yeast or ale yeast or lager yeast. And I did all these experiments with fermenting sodas just in the bottle like bottle conditioning mm-hmm. and um the problem with soda is that there there has to be like uh like leftover sugar content for it mm-hmm. to be soda there, it has oh. to be sweet at the end right? right so like when you're fermenting things that's what's happening is that it's eating the sugar away to create alcohol and bubbles mm-hmm. and when you're making soda you have to catch it like at just the right moment when it's not alcohol yet there's enough bubbles um but like, I just didn't know enough about it. I was just like figuring this stuff out on my right. own. And there's not a lot out there about like making soda. There's a lot huh. about making beer, a lot about right. making kombucha, but nobody's doing this. Like, and so I had probably four or five, like 22 ounces explode in our house before Meg was like, <laughs> I think that there's probably a better one. <laughs> like, these are really good and they were really good. And I really wish that I could have released them because they were living, you know, sodas right. like kombucha. Like they uh-huh. were... And I learned that, that you yeast could, is alive. Well, and I learned that you could kill it with like some kind of polysorbate, but that was to me like um, it was anti what I was trying to do. I was like, I want to offer this living thing, mm-hmm, and if yeah. it can't be living, then I'm not going to do it. And I was just like, I can't like give this to somebody and have them set it next to their computer or leave it in their car and then it explodes. Right. Like it's just not not going to work. So I sort of reluctantly turned to syrup. Um, okay, thought it seemed less healthy. It seemed like like syrup, sugar, like on paper, it already sounds unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But I realized that if I was, we live here in Sacramento, we're surrounded by agriculture. Um, I grew up in a church in Loomis, even though I grew up in Roseville, my family went to a church in Loomis and all of the like Japanese farmers from the Loomis area and a lot of the younger generation farmers went to that church. And so had all kinds of connections with farms up in Placer County. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just sort of like a no brainer to, use fresh like wholesome ingredients um kind of like they did before prohibition in soda right um to create these things and then to give people the control of like yeah it's syrup and it's sweet and it's not healthy for you but you get to decide that like Mm -hmm. you get to decide you can put in double my recommendation if you want to or you can put in half of my recommendation you know like it's it gives them the control but i digress let me go back to the the story so i i 
started making syrup right around that time. I switched from working at Sun and Soil to right around the corner at Preservation and Co., which is a craft pickle hot sauce, Bloody Mary mix. And I was on their production team, like making hundred gallon batches of Bloody Mary mix and learning how to make food safe and stable for shelf, Mm -hmm. uh, for, for the shelf. And Jason, the owner, um, was a bar manager before he got that job. And so he started tasting the things I was making, especially the ginger beer. And he was just like, this is so much better than anything that we were ever using. Even he managed poor house before it was high water. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, was, right. that was where he developed mm-hmm. his bloody Mary mix um, oh, okay. that became the preservation bloody Mary mix. And he, um, he said, even the stuff that we were using there, we were making it in house, but like, it's so much labor to deal with ginger. Like we're, we're like, you know, breaking the bank just to make this syrup. Oh. If we could just buy it from you. And then like, the benefit of the syrup too is that like it doesn't take up a whole shelf of cans of ginger beer right like, yeah and you're not like a mule takes about a half a can and mm-hmm. so then that can sits on on the counter and then they right. don't probably use it again at the end of the night they're pouring down like 20 half cans of ginger beer down right. the drain and so there's all this waste um like all the way down the chain he's like i think that this is a unicorn like this is mm-hmm. one of those unicorn products that um can like straddle retail and like bar and restaurant like the bars mm-hmm. and restaurants are going to love it because it you know, it can sit on the bar and not in the fridge Mm -hmm. and it's, you have the control you're only using as much as you need. Um, and the, the retail side of things is that it gives the customer the control and it's like something new, like ginger beer is still trending up. Like it's been trending up for like 15 years and it's still on the trend up. Moscow mules are now a permanent menu item at most bars, like a long Island iced tea Mm -hmm. or an old fashioned, like it's just now a thing. And so, you know, he was just like, this is your unicorn, man. You got to, you got to do this. And so he let me use his kitchen facility there at preservation really cheap. Like every day that I got off work, I got to just kind of hang out, use his equipment and figure out how to do what I do um, safely and in a controlled environment. And so after a few months of that, he kind of like outgrew sharing his space and I kind of needed more space right. anyways. And so it was perfect timing. And that's when we started looking for space out here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. So I think that might transition right. close into the next um, question of like, why out here? Yeah. And like why the boulevard? The, it's interesting because like I, in high school, I would come out to this area. I would go to Western Loan and Jewelry to get all my musical equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and my dad had a relationship with the owner there and, and we would go and get like stellar like pieces of musical equipment that I could never afford otherwise, right. <laughs> um, you know, for really good prices. Um and that was my only experience with Del Paso and Arden. It was like Del Paso and Arden was all I knew. Oh, like okay. That corner right. was all I knew of Del Paso. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I just knew Del Paso Heights. And I think that's what happens with most people. Like they've grown up knowing about Del Paso Heights. And right. it's, it's a different thing. Like it, it's, it's attached it's down and adjacent. But, it adjacent. but like where we are isn't quite the Heights. And I think that yeah. just the name Del Paso, like Kong approached me about this a while back about what can we call this area? Like uptown didn't work and, um, and, and it's now coming back and I love that. Um, old North Sacramento sounds old, you know, mm. like, and, and we're not old sack, which is confusing. Yeah. Um, and, and like then the Boulevard tried its, you know, hand and it was just kind of like, why are we trying? Like Kong's point was sort of like, why are we trying to cover it up? Like, right. why don't we just call it what it is and fix it? Like, right. And like Kong in, is the owner of King Kong. Yeah. Brewery. Sorry. No, I, it's okay. I assume everybody knows that because he's so because famous he's, and makes the best beer in the world. It's true. True. <laughs> yes, true. Very true. Uh, and bon We're very all drinking true. it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I work there. And yes, you work there. Yes. Exactly. Uh, but, um, 
you know, and I, and I, I tend to agree with Kong on that, that, um, I do like uptown and that that's coming back because it does promote a certain image. Um, I, I hear Billy Joel the whole time. Every time I see the word uptown <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love that. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I think that, um, my experience with it was so limited. I really had no frame of reference for what it looked like down here, but right next to Western loan and jewelry pretty much is Sierra service projects. Right. Um, and I grew up in that church in Loomis I mentioned, and they are very involved in Sierra service projects. Okay. And oh, if wow. you don't know what Sierra service projects is, it is a, um, I don't know if they're faith based, but they do work very closely with churches. If they're faith based, they're very like, Mm-hmm. Um, towards the non-conservative end of the spectrum okay. because they don't like proselytize or um, oh, nice. they don't um, do any kind of like uh, evangelism when okay. they're doing their thing. It's right. just like we're going to go do service and work. Very uh, cool. And so what they do is they work with um, Native American reservations and rancherias around um, like I would say Oregon, Washington, California, Arizona, Utah, Nevada. And they set up a staff of seven people. I was a cook and music coordinator when I did it, but I was also a camper for five years before I was on staff. And you go and you sit at this, uh, the, the staff goes and sets up camp at this reservation for a summer. And usually it's at a church and then 75 or so campers come through each week from different churches and you take them out to these homes that need to be winterized. So you're like putting on roofs, you're putting new steps up to mm-hmm. like double wides, you're, doing landscaping you're doing drywall you're doing like ceilings like all kinds of stuff you're learning skills um you're like anyway so I, so Sierra, i was really involved with it and i really think it's a great organization they're doing really cool work very cool awesome. but uh rick eaton who was the director at the time um is really great friends with my dad and he knew that we were looking for space and he said hey there's this old restaurant um, and i know the owner um down at 2014 del paso and i think you should come look at it look at it and my dad and I were both just kind of like, I don't know, like that just seems so far away for both of us. My dad's in Lincoln and I'm in Oak Park. And then the first time that we went out there to to like meet anybody, I was like, I'm going to time this and see how long it takes me so that I know. And there was like, <laughs> right. you know, it wasn't a high traffic time of day, but it took me seven minutes from getting in my car to getting out of my car. Oh, okay. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. this is so close. Right. Like, yeah. how did I not know that Arden was this close to Oak Park, you know, and, and it just blew my mind. And then I was like, okay, this could work. This could really work. And then we saw the space and it's this 1930s building. Um, I don't know the restaurant, right? Yeah. I don't know the exact date of the, like when it was built, but it was, um, in the 1930s, it was a diner on old highway 40 called the baked apple. Mm -hmm. And we still have, um, the baked apple sign on the building and on our rounded corner, it's kind of a triangle building. There's a mosaic apple. Yeah, there is. Um, and so it's got a lot of history and from like the, like thirties to mid forties, it was the baked apple and Mm -hmm. they specialized in a baked apple, which is a peeled and cored apple with like, um, streusel and like creme fraiche and caramel sauce and like all this fun stuff. It's like kind of like a deconstructed crisp or something. Are you going to do a pie to do an homage? (gasps) Our, our pie lady has a hurt shoulder, so she's not doing any crusty pies right now. Um, but when, uh, but probably (laughs) like next week or the week after we'll start doing some of the hand pies and crusty pies. Her burrito pie is like, and I know it sounds weird. Burrito so pie. A no, burrito, that sounds burrito good. hand pie. It's all the burrito stuff in a hand pie. What? what? There's a cold spaghetti pie too that is what? my other favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so anyway, um, we are going to do some sort of baked apple thing. I Love currently it. have um, 
dried apple garnishes that are technically baked um, that, that we do in house. So there's, there's that to start with. But um, then from like the forties to the seventies, it was a diner called Berg's 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 B cool. B E R G S. Um, and then from the seventies onward, it's been so many things like Chinese food, which that place still exists. The baked apple Chinese is now somewhere else in town. Um, oh, okay. And they still call it that. Oh and yeah. That's, that's cool. There's uh, there was top dog, which was a fancy hot dog restaurant. And the owners of the building were the ones that did that concept. And then there was, that was Mexican right before food. You, right? Yeah. It was no, uh, off the hook was right before us oh, okay. and off the hook was seafood and barbecue. Um, but mm. apparently it was just like not the right price for the boulevard oh, um, okay. at the time. Um, I've met the lady. She's really nice. And um, so, yeah, we like, I immediately fell in love with the space. I was it's like, such a beautiful building. and my dad's like, no, we gotta look around. Yeah. No, we gotta <laughs> see other things. I was like this one, this one. Yeah. Um, and at the time we weren't like, really thinking about using it as like a shop. It was just the kitchen and oh, the storage right. yeah. for the stuff we were making for our distributor. Right. Um, but then um, the Del Paso Boulevard partnership came by one day. Um, Rick Eaton was a part of it. So it was kind of like, you know, easy to, easy to talk to them, but they very gently strong armed us <laughs> into <laughs> opening a storefront. But I mean, I get it. They were like, Hey, this is like quite literally a business district. Right. These are shops that we, you know, kind of need, in and out um, traffic and you're this young hip business that's just moved here that has this, you know, kind of cult following already. Could you maybe help us get some foot traffic? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I mean, I, I would love to, and we're going to open this shop for you, but I can't like, I can't promise foot traffic. I mm-hmm. can't promise that people are going to come here for us. And I can't also promise to have my door unlocked at all times because I'm almost always the only one there right? and I'm in the kitchen cooking time, temperature sensitive things, or I'm labeling or I'm in the alley building things. And I just can't have my customers like walk in here to an empty shop and like, you know, have this experience of abandonment and (laughs) confusion. Like I'm not worried about my own safety. I'm more worried about like, you know, my customer experience. And, and so like, I'm not going to like guarantee you that, this is going to help. Like I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be a business that has in and out traffic and I'm going to, you know, contribute to the boulevard as much as I can, but mm-hmm. I can't guarantee anything. And so we came up with like a way, a workaround way to, to help out with that. And that was our backyard barbecue series that mm-hmm. we did. And, and we're going to try and get that back going again. Um, probably not until next spring, but they were um, really so fun. what is that? So fun. What's yeah. that entail? So I've, I'm a musician and I'm also a promoter. Um, and I, like I, I really, as a business owner now, I don't have time to do shit like that, stuff like that. I don't have time <laughs> to go out to shows. I'm a, I am I don't have time to practice with my band. I don't right. have time to enjoy those things. So I thought, let me do two birds with one stone here and help the partnership out and the boulevard out by creating a mini music festival with food and cocktails, uh, like legit food and cocktails that, you know, would be like, a great event in Midtown, let alone on, on right, the boulevard. Right. And I know that I can get my people out for that. Yeah. And I know that the bands and the, cause we did live art, uh, Neverboard graphics and mm-hmm. um, graffiti for good. were really involved with mm-hmm. all of that as well. Cool. And um, we would just like have like vendors out there selling their wares and art and things like that. And um, it was just a great community vibe because it was the only time really um, until I think Burley's takeout that, we were able to offer anything to the community at large. Like we had, we kept everything at $5, $5 foods, $5 drinks, mm-hmm. um, everything at $5 really accessible. And it was such a great mix of like 
all of our people and like, you know, it felt sort of like going out to the Red Museum or um, Harlow's or something, but right. it also felt like Del Paso, like mm-hmm. really like Del Paso because mm-hmm. it's the only time that like our neighbors, we, we would get to meet our neighbors and show them also that we are from here and that we're not like, we are gentrifiers by proxy, but we're not out here to like, we're not like some Bay Area person with Bay Area right. money who's like sending the money back mm-hmm. to the Bay Area. Like I've lived here my whole life and I've, I want, I'm now on this boulevard and I'm committed to it. Like I want to see this area. Um, I want to see it grow, but without like what's happened in Oak Park without the like um, people having to leave who've been there for 30, 40 years. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I think that out here with all the low income housing that we're building, that we have this opportunity to like have all of the cool stuff and keep the culture totally. um, and, and the like, you know, the, the history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really important to like, as, as all of us as business owners to like be thinking about that stuff as we Absolutely. grow mm-hmm. um, and so that we can use our voices because mm-hmm. they, they're a little bit louder than right. the citizens. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, I'm I'm like I'm ranting. I've been out. I've been on the boulevard for a long time, and there's a lot of politics out here. Um, and and I don't want to get into that, but I feel like um, we do we do have like a higher responsibility and uh, opportunity as business owners out here to do a little bit more um, like rattling of the cage than, than right. others. So so when did you come to the boulevard? What year? must have been 2017. We started Burley in 2015 and it took us about two years to get out here. We've been here for three and a half. I think, yeah, it must have been November of 2017. So can you, so you make syrups. Oh, that's, that's can you also, oh, right. Yeah. Cause it's 21 now. What's up? What's up? Hello. 20's over. Tell us about the shrub because yeah. I didn't know what a shrub was Nobody before does. I met you. Yeah. Have you read the thing on the side? Yeah. The first thing it says sounds like a plant yeah. because that's <laughs> when I do events, especially when I'm in like um, more, you know, quote unquote vanilla parts of the world, like Oxnard uh, down in Orange County. This is a perfect example. They would be like um, they would they would say like shrub. So you took a lemon plant and a jalapeno <laughs> plant and you made a new plant and then you made a syrup. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, on paper, like, yeah, I mean, you're. <laughs> You are on the right track. Like, I mean, that does make sense. It's logical, kind of, but no. So the word shrub um, actually is an, uh, comes from an ancient Egyptian word, sarab, which means to drink or um, to drink or syrup. And okay. so what I actually didn't know when I titled my product as shrub syrup is that uh-huh. I was calling it a syrup syrup. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like uh, that though. Whoops. Syrup syrup. Yes. But like syrup, I, syrup, well, syrup, the reason syrup. I did that is most shrubs are less syrupy than ours. Like okay. most of them are less concentrated. I made mine ultra concentrated. So you get more pores per bottle. Okay. It actually preserves the product better to have it that concentrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so essentially in the ancient Egyptian terms, a shrub is pickled and preserved fruit juice. Okay. And the reason oh. they did that is there was no refrigeration. Right. So the, in, in climates where you have fresh fruit, typically if you made juice with it, it would spoil like on the counter overnight or the next day. And right. so back then they weren't into wasting food as much as we are today. So <laughs> they, um, they developed this method of like pickling and preserving fruit juice and then sweetening it with sugar so that later on, they could dilute it with cool well water and have oh. it like a punch or a cocktail okay. or um, just some kind of, you know, yummy, like eyebrow lifting libation. Um, and, and I think vinegar was a more prevalent ingredient back then too, mm-hmm. like in general. So people's palates were geared towards the sour. Okay. Um, but now um, 
so the other hurdle that I have to overcome with the shrubs is that other shrub companies tend to be more vinegary than us. Mm-hmm. And okay. so people who have tasted shrubs before will often be like, it's not for me. Like it's too much. Oh, like it's I like see. more funky than kombucha and that's funky. You know, right. like, <laughs> and so, or kombucha, that's what they always say. <laughs> mm. uh, some, of weird, some weird form of it. Um, and, and I'm jaded as hell you guys. Uh, <laughs> and so they, uh, Anyway, so the, the, our shrubs are almost equal parts vinegar, fruit juice, and sugar. Okay. And it makes for a much more balanced, and mm-hmm. that is how they were doing it back in ancient Egypt because mm-hmm. they were pickling the juice. Modern shrubists tend to macerate fruit, like crunch it all up, and then add sugar to it, let that form a syrup, and then they acidify it with vinegar. Oh, or okay. they soak fruit in vinegar for about a month, let the fruit flavor infuse into the vinegar, and then they add sugar to that to sweeten it. And both of those ways... Yeah. I mean, they're valid and it is a shrub. It's still a form of preservation, but you end up with a lot of fruit waste, number mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And number two, um, you like, it's more of like, uh, I think that kombucha really did this to the market that, and now beer too, but kombucha is like the big offender that like what is on the bottle is not what you're going to taste necessarily. Like I had this mm-hmm. one the other day, it said Pinot and Sage. And I, I was like, sure, because you told me like, right. <laughs> you know, it just tastes like kombucha. Um, <laughs> But, you know, one, one compliment that we get a lot um, when I'm out in the world tasting this stuff is that it does taste like what it says, okay, like, right. especially if they know the ingredients, you know, uh-huh. lemon jalapeno, it's an easy one. You know, those ingredients, yeah. it yeah. tastes like lemon first, jalapeno second, and then a little bit of vinegar, you know, mm-hmm. and it's so good. The interesting thing <laughs> about vinegar and why shrubs have become so popular in the cocktail movement is that vinegar flavor and hard alcohol flavor kind of cross cancel each other. They, the oh. vinegar dilutes down the alcohol the alcohol dilutes down the vinegar and they're both big flavors so they kind of like confuse the palate in some right. way and it makes it a bit of a like dangerous drinking situation because you can forget like especially like at our backyard barbecues i put it all in kegs and it's like there's a gallon of booze in each keg and people are like could you put some more alcohol in this because like <laughs> i feel like i just paid five dollars for juice and i'm like well i'm s- <laughs> there's you're gonna need to there. be careful because <laughs> It'll sneak you're up gonna have you. like yeah. six of these and then you're not gonna be able to leave right, so yeah. um please slow down <laughs> and i warn people about that all the time like when you're using our shrubs like you're gonna forget right because it's it's that tasty and it's refreshing and the other thing about shrubs and the sugar that we use so Apple cider vinegar and vinegar in general stimulates your metabolism, turns Mm -hmm. it on, gets it working, gets it crunching through things, doing what it's going to do. The sugar that we're using, besides the sugars that already exist in the fruit, which are the kinds of sugars that give us real energy, um, we use turbinado sugar, which most people know is sugar in the raw, like those brown packets. Mm -hmm. It has all the molasses attached to it still. And molasses has iron, B vitamins, all of your electrolytes. It's the good stuff in sugar cane. It's the stuff that for some reason as a culture we think shouldn't be in there right it's messy or something um and so we take it away and we want this fine like drug like white powder (laughs) that acts like a drug in your body honestly Um, but when the molasses is there and it has all of those things that are beneficial for you um those are the things that we tend to lose when we're drinking diuretics like sodas or alcohol Mm -hmm. and so when you're drinking something with shrub in it like you're kind of replenishing as you go. You're getting those electrolytes back in, you're getting the iron back in, right. you're getting the B vitamins back in and the vinegar is helping you process through everything at a faster right, pace anyway. Right. So you're, you're like, like inebriated time is going to shrink. Right. And, and, and I, I say this stuff 
like as a non-scientist, but I, but I've observed it. So I know that it's real. And not just in myself. You're a research scientist, basically. (laughs) Yeah, basically. So here at the salon, actually, um, one of our favorite things, Logan is giving people all the time. And Logan is the owner here of Sector Mm -hmm. 7 Salon. um, Is the black lime. What's bay leaf? Bay leaf. So is that a shrub? It's a shrub. So um, the, our favorite mix here is the, Black Lime Bay Leaf and the King Kong El Campion yes. Light. Yes. So, so it's uh, Logan explains it as the crystal of like Corona and Lime. Ooh. So if you like Corona and Lime, then you need to get King Kong El, El Campion, Campion Light, Light, I think is the How best. How about just don't Corona and Lime though? Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But you know. Their we, parent company does not need to be supported. We, we have Corona and Lime in the past. <laughs> it's happened. Sometimes it happens. But now we know better. But now we don't because we have the bay leaf and. Black Lime and Bay Leaf. Thank you. And it Black, is a, it is lime a mouthful. Wilding out over here. Can we <laughs> cut that out? <laughs> that one had a, has a an interesting origin story too. So I get a lot of my spices and uh, whole spices from the All Spicery downtown. Okay. Um, Heather, the owner, is a good friend of mine, and um, we were there. Tom, the the guy I mentioned before, who works for me, who's not cited, has mm-hmm. an amazing olfactory sense, as you can imagine. Right. And so we go down to the All Spicery and. When we were developing the cola, it took me about three years to come up with the cola because cola has far more ingredients than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wanted mine to stand ap- apart from the pack. So we're at the All Spicer. We have all these jars out on the counter and we're wafting the smell up into our faces. Is this cola? Is this cola? <laughs> like, what do you think? And on their walls, they have all of their jars, like kind of in alphabetical order by category. And Tom is like opening jars and smelling them as he goes down the wall. And he's like, dude, dude, come over here. And he's got the black lime powder and the bay leaves next to each other. He's like, you got to smell these together. Like I just, I moved them in front of my face in a way that like both smells like just happened to get into my nose. And Mm -hmm. like, he's like, it tickled right in between my eyes. Like (laughs) it was like so powerful and so cool and so good. I want you to make something out of this. Oh yeah. (laughs) And he wanted me to make a soda, but I, when I smelled it, I was like shrub. This has to be, I need, this needs vinegar. It needs salt, more salt. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that one, we take actual um, black limes that have been powderized and black limes are just a normal lime or okay. lemon, actually, um, that has been boiled in salt water and then dehydrated whole. Really? Oh. And they boil it in salt water to, like, kill any yeast or bacteria on the outside okay. so that when it dries whole, like, it doesn't get moldy oh, um, okay. and, and compromise it. <laughs> and so the black lime is, like, this hard, like, oak gall-looking thing. Okay. And they, like, bounce like ping-pong balls. <laughs> and when you crack them open, um, something that, like, lemons and limes do when they're heated is they turn, the flesh turns black. It's sort of like the invisible ink when we were kids. Oh you could gosh. write with lemon yeah. juice and then put a lighter behind oh, it. Right. Oh, right. Um, and so they're, that's why they call them black, because the flesh is actually turned black. And that's then so they, cool. They, um, they powderize those. We boil that with Mediterranean limes because they're less bitter than California, or, or I'm sorry, Mediterranean Bay. Because it is more uh, less bitter than California Bay, um, and then uh, fresh lime juice from Placer County, we use uh, Twin Peaks Orchards lime juice, and then apple cider vinegar, white wine vinegar, some more salt because uh, black limes are salty from that salt boil that they get. Right. But I wanted to bring it forward more. Yeah. And like all I could taste when we came up with it was like margarita. I was like, it's sour salt lime, and then the bay gives like this kind of like almost. Uh, eucalyptus or menthol-y sort of vibe over the top and um so it's our most flexible product i have not found a spirit that i didn't enjoy with it like right. from brandy to cognac to cachaca uh-huh. uh, aquavit it's so flexible and um as a n- non-alcoholic cocktail 
just by itself when I'm like doing yard work or sweating anytime I'm like doing something that requires like physical labor. That's not like athletics. Right. I'm, I'm looking for that as a soda. I'm oh, like, okay, yeah. I want that salt. I want that mm-hmm. sour. It's so quenching and refreshing. Um, and it's also great in still water. Like a lot of people think that our stuff, like they see that it's a soda syrup or shrub syrup and they're like bubbles. And yeah. I am too. I get it. Like I am a bubble guy. I don't like it still, but I have a lot of customers that come in and use it like a punch or a Gatorade oh, or okay. lemonade type yeah. lime. Especially the, the black lime bay leaf and the grapefruit brulee I've heard are great. Like yeah. Gatorade substitutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, with the lemonade, that would be so good. Yeah. We just have a bottle of here all the time. Yeah. Just on hand for anybody that needs it in anything. It. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I had him pick his own drink. We're going to be uh, making something for y'all soon, too. That's true. Ooh, we can talk yes. about that. So here at Sector 7, we if you do get a hair service, we offer wine. We also offer King Kong beer. And soon, very soon, we're going to be offering Saturday and Sundays a burly mimosa, basically. So oh, we have champagne. So, Burley, tell us about this yes. juice you're going to be making us. Well, it's not a juice. I'm so sorry. It's a syrup. 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 It's a syrup. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a mimosa syrup. 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 Um, syrup. <laughs> syrup. 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 I say that word a lot. <laughs> uh, who knew? Who knew that this would be my life? I'm a traveling salesman that makes syrup. Syrups. <laughs> Uh, so it is going to be a craft mango, um, mimosa mix. Okay. We talked about tropical flavors right. and mango is something I've been wanting to work with. And so, uh, it's going to involve mango juice. I got mango juice and mango puree cause I wasn't quite sure how to deal with mango. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to add a little bit of lemon to it to brighten it. it up. But lemon is a cool property when you combine it with other liquid properties, because even though it's tart, it, it tends to enhance the sweet flavors oh, okay. um, of whatever mm-hmm. the other ingredient is. Mm-hmm. So that's going to help like cut through the sweet, but also make the mango sweet, the right kind of sweet. Right. Um, and then I'm going to use cane vinegar, which is not something I typically use. But it comes from the same part of the world as mangoes. And uh-huh. so I, it, to me, in my brain, it makes sense. And like cane it. vinegar is very mellow. It makes a great condiment for like um, dipping things like uh, lumpia or egg rolls in just by itself with soy sauce. Mm. But um, it's very bright, uh, but mild, uh, like rice vinegar. Okay. Um, and so we're going to cut it with some cane vinegar, a little bit of apple cider, because that's my thing. And it has to go into everything. Yeah. I <laughs> um, and then uh, it's also going to have that, uh, not the turbinado sugar, but organic blonde cane sugar, which is very similar, okay. uh, but it keeps the color uh, oh, really yeah. nice and bright, vibrant orange. Um, and, I think that's it. I think I'm going to add some extra vitamin C to it to keep it real stable and um, brighten it. Um, But it's going to be so good. You'll just put like a quarter ounce to a half ounce in the flute before you pour the champagne Prosecco or bubbly if they're not drinking. Um, And it'll, it'll like foam up really nice. You get this nice, like, you know, mimosa head on it. Probably the mango will be right in the nose. And if you wanted to keep some frozen mango chunks here, you could drop a couple in there. I love it. He's so fancy. You're so Um, fancy. And they'll kind of like float up and down with the bubbles. Oh my gosh. Really cool. I think we might have to do that. Oh I my mean, God. Yeah. Costco Burley is right there. Right. <laughs> get a giant bag. You could even get like the mango chunks that they provide and then cut those into smaller chunks. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, like more uniform so mm-hmm. that it looked really like intentional. And, yeah. Uh, like we did it on purpose. I have umbrellas down there. Do you? You could stick one so in a frozen precious. mango. <laughs> oh my God. We're like back there just making cocktails. Like no, she's been gone for right 10 now. minutes. Or... I'm about to go down there and buy like a whole cocktail kit and be like, it's a business purchase. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about business. That's my wife's trick. Anytime we go out to dinner, she's like, say something about Burley. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we can write well, this and off. It's a business meeting. Genuinely. I'm always like, mm, whenever I go shopping, I'm like, this is a client gift if exactly. I get like a pair of earrings for my client. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so really what we definitely need to cover now is your new oh, venture. Right. Oh, man. Yes. Which I everything. need to get back to. Uh, yeah, we need to get you out of here. And I'm, and I'm not like saying that because like I, I need to jet out, but I do need to jet out. <laughs> um, so currently over a couple blocks away, uh, my team is making decisions without me and putting things in places <laughs> that I'm going to have to move. And, I, and I, I'm sorry oh, no. if you're listening, team, but you know this about me. <laughs> um, I redo everything. Uh, but... Um, that's just the hell that I live in and um, my own of my own making. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this concept is called Burley's Takeout. Okay. And what happened, what ha- happened is what ha- that happened was we uh, bought a canning machine in order to make our super spicy ginger beer and cans. For the yeah, first which time is ever. so good. That's so way. good. Awesome. That was the second product that we came up with. So the smooth ginger beer was the first. And okay. then I realized that. People were gonna want more right. ginger because that's yeah. how ginger people are. <laughs> um, but I, uh, yeah, we bought this canning machine, and it's just like the crowler machines that breweries have. Right. Um, we, you know, we're we're low tech and like kind of, um, you know, hand done over there. So we knew that like it was gonna be laborious and a one at a time kind of thing. But it's what we could afford. And as soon as I got it, I was like, I can do so many other things with this. Like anything can go in cans. <laughs> so I started just putting bubbly water in them. And then I was like, okay, bubbly water and bitters. And then I was like, it was kind of like the path that I followed with the syrups. Like oh. I, I was like, okay, now what? And then like mocktails. Yeah. Mocktails. And so then I started like kind of putting other things in there. And I did a couple cocktails too. I think you had one of the cocktails yeah. I had, or maybe you did. I don't remember who was over there that day. Oh yeah, we did. Um, but it was, uh, it was great uh, to like experiment with that. And it, it just kind of cracked open for me, like, okay, we're going to be making ginger beer with this a lot of the time, but when we're not, like, mm-hmm. what could it do for us up front? Right. You know? And so then, you know, I've been wanting to do more of like, have find a way to get people through the door more. I get like one to two customers a day, like uh-huh. even before COVID, like, and that's okay. Like my customers tend to spend like a hundred to $120. So right. like my day is still okay. Like, that's not how I make my money anyway. Like my money right. is made out in the world. Um, and so total, total fart on that. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about Burley's takeout and how that came to be. Yes. So uh, your, your <laughs> process of going from canning yes. ginger beer to canning everything. Yes. So um, I, I kind of started talking with my dad about like, you know, how can we make this thing work for us? You know, how can we get more people through the door with this? And I knew that, just canning up sodas and just canning up mocktails um, and things like that wasn't going to be quite enough. Like it hasn't been enough so far. Like to the things right. that we've been able to offer, I've been able to do that in a cup. You uh-huh. know, a can is just has a different kind of lid on it. Right. right. So, um, I, I didn't think it was enough of a novelty to get people to come out. I might be wrong, um, but I was like, you know, we have so we rent our kitchen out over there to other f- small food businesses okay, because cool. that's what was done for me at preservation. Right. It's like, I got to pay that forward. I got to like give other people a leg up because it's hard. Food mm-hmm. business is the hardest business to do in California. Right. Yeah. There are so many more regulations in California than there are in other States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's because we're kind of our own country here. Like, right. There, um, it is the hardest place to do food businesses. Right. Sacramento is even harder. Oh, um, okay. And, and so it was just kind of like, let's, let's figure out how to make this work for us. We have a restaurant license. We have a commissary license. We have all these people in here making all kinds of food all the time. Like, let's put one of them to work. Let's, yeah. let's get, let's give somebody 
let's fast track them to their own restaurant, essentially. Right. right. Um, something that they can't do for themselves. Mm-hmm. And like give them a shot at doing a, a like low, low key, like takeout style restaurant. And so just at that moment, my one of my good friend Cameron's partners, Lonnie, came in to talk about renting the kitchen to do her soups. She's like, I've been doing these soups all through the pandemic. I've been feeding my homies. I call it homie soup because of that. And I have reached this point where my home kitchen can't do it for me. Anymore. Right. I've got 40, 50 people that I'm delivering to every time and I just can't do it here anymore. Can I rent your kitchen and start growing this as an actual business? And I was like, yes, please stop making it at home <laughs> and please come and use our kitchen. Also, I am starting a takeout business. Right. Would you like your soups to be a part of that? And then um, we, with the backyard barbecues and like a lot of the other events that I've produced, like Shelter Fest, we always tap my friend Estrella from Pie Flavored Pie because uh, I worked with her at Preservation and Co. on the production crew, but she wins blue ribbons at the Yolo County Fair and the California State Fair for mm. pies every year. Like, oh, and oh, cleans awesome. up. I mean, her her like brag post is just like it's wall to wall ribbons. Oh, cool. And um, and they're they're just so good. She's like a pie genius, and so I. I tapped her too and um, said like essentially like the way I've built it with them is that my three staff are going to be Burley's takeout. I'm not even a part of it. Like mm-hmm. I am a vendor for Burley's takeout. Okay. I make sure the keg fridge and the zero proof cocktails are stocked. Make sure the canning machine is working mm-hmm. and that the space is safe. Lonnie from the soups is just giving you soups. Estrella from pie flavor pie is just giving you pie. And so they retain their autonomy as businesses. They right. get to have their brand name. They're not Burley's Takeout. They're right. homie soups and pie-flavored pie. pie. Um, Burley's Takeout is just sort of the vehicle, right? Like right. these mm-hmm. three ladies are the ones who are the face of the takeout. Right. And so they're going to be running and writing the program. Um, anything that goes wrong, you can talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, but they're great. Uh, Carly's the singer in my band. I've known her forever. Cassie is our um, bass player's wife and a really good <laughs> friend of mine. And Lauren um, Paisley, which she goes by Paisley, um, has been working on and off for Burley since the beginning, doing Very events cool. and things. Mm. And so feel really safe with them there. And they're just like the, the right personalities to do it. Um, but essentially like pie flavored pie and um, homie soups are working on a 70 30 split. They get to keep 70 and we get to keep 30 as like the like facilitator fee or right. that, cause that's what like a retailer or a restaurant would be looking to make in, right. in, in their margin. Yeah, anyway. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so this way they're not re- paying for rental fees for the kitchen. Um, they're covered by our insurance. Oh, okay. um, like there's all these pieces of food business ownership that they get to skip. Yeah. That's um, very cool. And they now have a kitchen to use and, all that it costs them is 30% of their revenue. Wow. And so they lo- they're in love with the situation. We're in love with it because we won't lose any money on them being there. And honestly, right. for me, you know, and, and I sound like, I, I, I feel like I sound like a saint when I talk about this stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, you're doing such a good thing for these people. But it's like, <laughs> it is self-serving because I get their networks. Right, like, yeah. I get Absolutely. their people coming through my door yeah. for my things. Yeah. And, and and it's 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 very convoluted in my mind it all makes sense but like i know that for people it's very confusing even my staff that there is burley beverages and there is burley's takeout right burley beverages is the brand that exists out in the world and burley's takeout is our sacramento only concept right so and i think that that happens here also that people here in sacramento don't understand they're like oh burley is such a cute little tiny place like such a cute little company and it's like no we're in all 50 states and abroad, like we're out in the world, we're we're out there. We're a pretty big company, like as far as our presence. But yeah. then 
people out in the world think that we're this big company mm-hmm. and they call me and they're like, can I talk to your customer service department? Like, yeah. Hold on a sec. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> you know, it's like trying to like maintain that image. And it's just so interesting that like that happens, you know, that right. like, because y'all don't see this behind the scenes stuff and that it's a constant hustle and flow with us. Like we're constantly doing things over there it's right whether we're making things or labeling things or building things for events like it, there's always things going on and it's like i was on uh fox 40 this morning and i was like i know it looks like i'm only wearing one hat but there's <laughs> like 30 or 40 other ones underneath there <laughs> yeah yeah like you don't and i don't even know what they all are like right. I, i'll be like walking like with a mission i need to start writing it something on my hands because i get to the destination and i'm like what Yep. I walk over here for <laughs> because like there's two projects that I passed on my way here. Right. So right. It's like, anyway. Well, um, we really appreciate yes. you. Honestly, Thank Gabe, you. because we know yeah. you're super busy and you know, we as sector seven and you know, Sierra Logan and I, we all, you know, we're here, we're new. We just opened up in September and we've had nothing but like open arms from you and Kong and everybody on the street to, Cause we're just here trying to do what you're doing. Like yep. we want to be successful. Yep. Like you, we want to be That's on the how boulevard. everybody out here is. Mm-hmm. We're hey, all scrappers, all scrappers oh, yeah. and such Definitely. a loving welcome community. It, I mean, I was just blown away by the, just the warmth that we've gotten from all totally. of you. So we just, we super appreciate. I you. think that we're just like, please, <laughs> Stay here and also us. kind of on that vein do you have any um advice for potential business owners that may want to like you know covid happen and they're like you know what i realize i want to start a business well, like do you have any advice my main thing that i tell people about this area is you can do whatever the hell you want mm-hmm. like the cool thing about del paso uh, currently and that's why i'm able to do this takeout concept i don't know if it's gonna work but i can do it because right. it, i'm out here like right. if i was in midtown paying three to four to five dollars a square foot plus triple net right there is no way that i could just make a take a risk like this and try something right yeah but out here like you might think that your business idea is weird and that nobody will like it but out here you could try it for a few months yeah so if it works yeah Mm -hmm. that's such a good point Um, you know it's hard to get people out here that's the main thing Mm -hmm. but when you break it down for them and tell them the ways to come like i always tell people to come 160 if they can right like come down 16th come down Start at the beginning of Del Paso. I consider right. that the beginning. Mm-hmm. Start at the beginning and come down that way. It's beautiful. Del yeah. Paso has got some cool architecture. It's it's great. And I think that part of what plagues us out here is the empty storefronts, right? Like mm-hmm. they're kind of self-perpetuating. There's this feeling of scarcity and like um, neglect and abandonment. And there is some of that. Um, it, there's also a lot of not that. Right. Um, there's a lot of us who are trying really hard to counter that. But the the if we can get people in those storefronts some dreamers who like have been wanting to try something. This is where to try it. This is where to come out and try it. And we'll help you get people out because my current mission is that people don't leave Burley and leave the boulevard. Right. Yeah. They're going to go somewhere else before they leave our spot. Well, and you know, and and that's, that's 100%. I think like if you do want to try something and you do try it out here, you're going to, come in contact with all these business owners that are like, how can we help you? How We're can we get serve you so much harder than everybody? Right. Else. How can we get people in your doors? So much better. Right. And we're currently trying to do something like that with Kong too, where, you know, we're trying to get our clients to basically come get a service here and then go get a free pizza at Kong's to basically just keep people on the boulevard. That's like a huge thing. Yeah. It's like all, all of our clients come here, they get their haircut and they leave. 
you know, or maybe but they come out to Burleys or they come to Kongs, but it's like, also go to Kongs, also go to Burleys, also go to Sector 7. It can be 7. such a place yeah. of discovery if you just direct them the right way, Absolutely. right? Like if, exactly. if you can get them to drive down the street and not take the freeway. Right. Like, that's what we're trying to do at the farmer's market. That's why I'm open on Sundays now, is I want to try to get some of those farmer's market yeah. people over to the boulevard. Absolutely. And then send them down back into town, down Del Paso, yeah. instead of on the freeway. Because mm-hmm. there is so much to discover out here. I right. mean, some people, like, you know, when a lot of my customers comment on this, like, I had no idea all this was out here. Yeah. Like, yep. all these cool places <laughs> and, like, all this architecture. It's so rad. Like, what happened to this area? And then I tell them, and they're like, oh, well. I know. <laughs> That sucks. Well, get um, off the freeway. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Come back Explore over here. a little bit. But I think yeah. that if we can kind of market it as this place of discovery, like right. come like and that. see what's out here. Yeah. Like there's stuff out here for you. Like Southpaw is the best sushi in town. We Absolutely. don't talk about crew because crew is different. It's not. <laughs> I don't call it sushi. It's a different. It's on its, its own. It's, it's a whole its experience. Thing. It's art. Uh, it's but, art. <laughs> but like Lou, I've been following Lou. I mean, for ten years when he was at Zen to. Um, uh, she, I think it was called Shige, and then um, he did lose sushi in Midtown, and then that partnership went weird, and now he's out here, and we're so lucky to have Lou out here. Yeah, definitely. He, I mean, he's one of the only guys I know that the like Japanese guys will give any respect to. Right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you know, he, they're like that guy knows what's up. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's doing those Detroit style pizzas, like oh, that, right. he, mm-hmm. that he does, like ultra exclusive, super exclusive. Um, they're yeah, impossible a waiting to list get. Too, right? yeah. No, it's about three months long because he yeah. only yeah. does uh, every weekend. I think every yeah. Sunday, right? Like, two or three pies every Crazy. Sunday. Yeah. I'm gonna get so fat living. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now we have like all of this cool takeout stuff. We've got um, True North Pizza that's right? doing yeah. amazing stuff with super, pizza and yeah. sandwiches and desserts, and then. We have Uptown Takeout that the mm-hmm. um, go-to-bed guys just opened in the Love old Uptown D-smoking uh, pit place mm-hmm. with tacos and barbecue. And Los, who's running that, he used to run the Round Corner Kitchen, and that was my oh, favorite cool. iteration right. of the Round Corner Kitchen, those <laughs> potato tacos. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and so it's really cool to just see all of these, like, um, kind of in my mind's eye, because I've been here for so long and pl- I've been playing in the music scene and, and working in the food scene for so long that I feel like, like there are these heroes, like my heroes at least, that work out here. Lou, Los, uh, Deneb down at um, uh, Woodlake Tavern, mm-hmm. Uptown Pizza, um, and and Elizabeth, his wife. Uh, she's an amazing sommelier. And then um, Kong and John over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that the other brewers talk about John, I'm I'm pretty it's like, like he's God. Yeah, like <laughs> you know that John is just right across the street from me. Why are you asking me? Like, <laughs> right. like just go talk to John. He knows everything. And anyway, so like there and is John's so, the master brewer at yeah, King Kong. Yes. Yeah, and and there's there's just like there's so much talent out here. Right. So much. Like art, like, and I mean art, like in the fullest sense of the word, there's music, there's graphic art, there's, Mm -hmm. um, food, there's drink. I mean, every single, I think that, and oh, and if big idea theater is still around, we've got performing arts here too. I don't know if there's, if they made it through the pandemic, but, um, you know, it's, it's, there's every Southpaw, right? Yeah. They're in that courtyard with shift in, in Southpaw. Um, and it's just, I just, I feel like there is so much potential out here. And if we can get those vacancies, um, right. like shored up mm-hmm. that, that will be unstoppable out here right, because totally. it'll sort of be like a destination spot for Sacramento. Like all of the people who have lived in Midtown and are tired of that scene need right. something new. And this isn't that far, even it's though not, we're physically no. cut off by 160. Um, I don't really recommend taking the bike path right now. Um, unfortunately, but Especially so you do. Night. 
you should take public transit or a car. Um, Light rail drops off right at Arden. Right? Yeah. Arden yeah. or Del Paso. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, w- I, I, I think that the bike path is still a little bit too unsafe um, to, to try. Some, some of my customers do, but... Um, I just think that like we're the next wave, like right. even though we're not physically connected to the grid, I kind of thought that the Stockton corridor would be the next spot in Sacramento because it is physically connected to the mm-hmm. grid and yeah. it has the same vibes as Del Paso, like, you know, deco and like mid-century modern mm-hmm. architecture. And um, But now with all of like the people who have like moved down out here and put down roots, all of the talent that's here, it sort of seems like it's unstoppable. It's right. it's totally. inevitable maybe is what I mean, because it's it's still going to take a lot of time and effort. Right. Like we're a good two years away from what I'm talking about. But like I, another thing I wanted to say is that the energy that y'all have brought out here and it's, it's you and Daniel, um, but you are exciting Daniel, um, which right. is, which is like Daniel's an excitable person, but and Daniel's the director Daniel of the Savala partnership. Daniel is the director, the new director of the partnership before the, the previous director was great. Um, before that we had some issues um, and Daniel is very excited. He's lived out in this area his whole life. He's always wanted things like this. Like he, it, when shift got built, he was like, we finally, and, and uh, before shift there was, um, uh, what were they called? Son of a bean. Um, <laughs> yeah, for, further, further down, down the road, wine yeah, and coffee, a little further down the road. And he, you know, he was just so excited to have a cafe in this area for the first time ever. Kind of like right. people are hanging out on Del Paso Boulevard. They're right. in chairs on the street. Like, right. you know, um, and so when, when you guys moved out here, when y'all moved out here, he like, um, got a new wave of energy. It felt mm-hmm. like it was mm-hmm. sort of like, okay, like people are coming still. Right. Like it's not like it didn't end with Burley and Kong. Like, right. <laughs> and, and Lou, like there's still like, right. like people like who can, can make moves and, and uh, do cool stuff out here are, are still coming. And right. so I think that he is like reinvigorated and re-energized. And so the energy that y'all have brought and the energy that, that it is like kind of perpetuated into him, like, um, it feels really good. I I was considering leaving the Boulevard, honestly. Really? Like um, really? pre-pandemic, we were going to open a zero-proof cocktail bar in Midtown on uh-huh. J Street and move our facility there. But um, during the pandemic, we put our roots back down and realized that like this is the spot for us. And then with Daniel and y'all kind of like sending this energy back through mm-hmm. and like making it fresh again and exciting. And you, you just, I feel like you three are just constantly moving and talking to people and trying to make these connections and collaborations on the boulevard. And right. we were doing, we were doing that really well at first, but we all fell away from it. And well, right. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, Logan, again, the owner of sector seven, he's a, like a huge part of that. Like he, totally. he totally. really believed in this place before we moved and he believes in it. Now he wants to put all of his roots here. He wants to get all of his investments here. And he, but, but it's so much of what, because you guys have already done it, but I think you're right. It's like getting that new blood, getting that new excitement yeah. because it's like, you guys have already done a bunch of stuff. And of course you get tired and you get worn yeah. out and you get yeah. jaded and you get, you know, a lot of that stuff, but you know, bringing these new energies and then it's like, you know, we have Logan doing it and then who's the next person? I like, think there's like, there's just so many layers to it because like as business owners, we did, we tried to get together and collaborate and be on the same team, but then it didn't quite work. And so then we just kind of went back to being islands, right? you know, these kind of hot spots. And 
and put our put our heads down and did the work. Um, and because we all wear so many hats and we're, right. we're trying to like do so many different parts of the business that we forget to like go back and reconnect. But right. what's nice about what y'all are doing here is like you like not that you don't have to do more work because you definitely have to get people out here, but your, your space is set. Like right. you don't have any more work to do there. Now you can move and shake on the boulevard and make these connections and collaborations for us because the, you know, with, with like a business where you're producing a product constantly, right. you're right. constantly making the thing. Like right. you don't really get to stop and mm-hmm. take a breath and go and make these connections and collaborations. So Absolutely. having some people that have that freedom and ability and desire and motivation right. Right. to do it is super important for for us because it's like the kind of people I try to surround myself with these days because like I just don't have the time or personal bandwidth to pull it off anymore right. yeah um, and have you know young like hip people who like seem to understand like the like struggles of this area and the potential of this right. area is really exciting for the rest of us right awesome yeah Completely. same well, team yeah <laughs> same team yes team exactly. uptown well, we really appreciate you coming in and taking the time, Gabe. Yeah. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. This is really fun. Of right. Course. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll definitely have you back, you know, as yeah. we grow and get some more people in here. So. Yeah, and then I can tell you, like, what Burley's takeout is actually like. Exactly. Yes. And not just imagine it. You're right. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, you guys, for tuning in. And just, like, some of the businesses to make sure to check out is Burley Beverages, Sector 7 Salon, Del Paso Partnership. We have... Um, King Kong Brewery. King Kong Sushi. Neverboard Graphics. Yeah. And, um, oh, by the way, coffee. North Side, the bar at down. I saw that North Side is opening. Oh, reopening. Stoney's Rock and Rodeo is expanding their patio. We got Homies Soups. Oh, homie we soups. got Pie Flavored Pie. Anything else you guys can think of? Check ever check it all out. Come to yeah, the Boulevard. Yeah, I mean, like there, those are like the like notables. But I would say like. When you come out here, spend some time. Like, drive slow down the street and look at what there is to see. There's yeah. all kinds of hidden things. That's mm-hmm. true. Or get out and walk. Think about, um, yeah. yes. have, you guys, have you all been to the Bolt? Do you know about the Bolt? No. We'll, we'll talk about it Okay. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> maybe that'll be a future episode. All right, you guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Gabe. See you guys next time. Bye. Cheers. Bye. 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 Cheers.